Welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable, the discipleship podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church, brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. We encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. And uh, jamming here with our new music, we have Pastor Tim and Pastor Scott um, and myself sitting here just enjoying the new the new bumper music. And so what did you think that was free? I felt like I was at a Christian concert just waiting for the lead guitarist, somebody to get up and say, everybody, everybody stand with us now as we get ready to... <laughs> I thought it along. sounded free. I thought, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought... Now, that's something I would have thought Scott would have liked, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. He, Ramsey over there. Yeah. He didn't say it was bad. <laughs> yeah, he didn't say it was bad. I think it sounds like a U2 concert, kind of. Maybe I don't... You know, I, I mean, listen to this. I like it. I've never really heard... It's better than some of your past music, I'll say that. Okay, that uh, that's better. Kind of like it's an a, that's a compliment and a kind of a slam too. I can just tell you've been working on some things. That's good. Yeah, I have been working on some things. So, all right, well, good. We're here to uh, talk today um, about another topic. Here, we've been going through these uh, theology questions, and today we're going to talk about the question: Is this what is sin? What is sin? Um, this apparently is a is a question, obviously, that people are searching on Google, and they're probably getting all kinds of different answers. Um, uh, it'd be interesting to see if some people probably don't even know what this word is. Um, I don't know how common it is outside of Christian circles to use this word, um, even though we all may know uh, the idea uh, in one sense of something that's wrong or breaks the law of some sorts or breaks a law. Um, we don't really talk about sin that much in our culture, although we, we use a different, we use, um, different words, um, to, uh, describe it. Um, so I guess let's throw out the question. Um, if someone was to come up to you today and say, what is sin? What would you say? Scott knows he wrote a devotion on it for camp. Oh, Scott. Yeah, go ahead. Any transgression of the law of God. Okay. So, can you flesh that out a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would it would depend a lot. I mean, like that I don't entail, or I don't think that situation would ever really happen. Um, like a random person asking me, there'd have to be some kind of context to it. But I would just say that uh, that God, the Creator, gave us standards, gave us rules, gave us commands that we are to live by. And not living in obedience to those is a transgression. You've transgressed. You've broken what was given to you. And it's, it's a law. So you brought up a few different uh, ideas that are all part of this. The, first of all, the idea that there is a creator, a God, who made us. Mm -hmm. But then second of all, there's an idea of a law. So those two ideas are presupposed in a... In in the, at least in the Christian understanding of sin, right? Yeah. The big presupposition in the Christian understanding of sin is that there is a creator who created us and that by being creator, he has rightful authority over us. Um, so the idea that somebody out there, something out there could give us standards or rules or commands to follow, you have to start with the presupposition that they are right to do that. 
And that that usually in our culture today, that's not that's right. not a presupposition that people have. They don't right. accept that. Right. Do people um, outside of Christian circles have some idea? They they have a standard that can get violated. Yeah. Um, even if it's not the law of God, they have small L laws um, that can that can uh, be enforced with punishments. I mean, we've seen this with the whole movement of cancel culture. And the whole idea behind that is there are standards of, of appropriate behavior um, that to step outside those is to... Uh, is to uh, in a violation is is worthy of punishment of some sorts. Yeah, yeah. I th- I I don't think that the idea that there is a law or that there is a standard is foreign to right. our world. I mean, I would actually say probably the majority of the world, as you're talking globally, still believes that the law comes from God, a God, right? Whatever their God is, right? And societies and cultures throughout the world are very comfortable with that idea yeah in our modern context there isn't a god um a supernatural being outside of whatever is exists in nature that is that's giving us the the standard is whatever society puts it as right it's and so in that sense it's fluid it's whatever the the standards of the day are of the society which where is, you live. Which is interesting because uh, as often as people, I think, today would say, they would, you know, at least postmodernism is really going away, um, this whole idea where that um, truth is entirely relative because people would say that today in our Western culture. They would say, well, that's just because that's what they thought in the past. Um, but we know, but there's a, there's an absolute absolutizing of what we believe today as the actual truth. Mm-hmm. So um, to enforce uh, certain standards or uh, practices or acceptances um, is regarded today as actually always what should be and what should have always been. Mm-hmm. Um, so any deviation from that is is sin. Um, Tim, so whenever we think about the law, what is how would you describe the law of God in the Bible as it's revealed in Scripture? Uh, well, I probably use some of the language that Scott said, that it is the standard that was set for God's people. Uh, it revealed to us God's will and plan for our lives. Uh, if you wanted to read kind of a sum of it, it would be the Ten Commandments, uh, to read the Ten Commandments. Um, the law we know in Scripture is is good. It's a good thing that God has has given us, but the law has revealed to us our uh, our shortcomings. And so the reason why, like a- answering this question, is so important, at least for a Christian, what is sin? That's an important question because the Bible tells us that sin equals death. So then we need to know. Well, if something equals death, I don't want to do that something. So how do I avoid that? Well, then the law shows us what sin is because it's going contrary to the laws. And there's a lot of laws in the Old Testament. You can read them. But again, if you just go the Ten Commandments and you go through those, very quickly you realize that I sin because I don't match up to this law. I can't I can't say that I 100% fulfill everything that all of this says. And that comes up quickly in the first of the Ten Commandments even, right? You can see that in and of yourself. And so then I have the answer that, well, 
because of this, I deserve, I deserve death. And that goes all the way back to Adam and Eve, right? Uh, but what we saw with Adam and Eve uh, is uh, there was a substitute for them in the death, right? That an animal died. They were clothed with that uh, to cover their nakedness. And so we see that coupled with the law, which is important, is you have the law that shows our sin, but then you also have the Levitical priests and the sacrificial system that God put in place because it was obvious right away well, then we all need to die. What's going to happen? Well, God had made a way for them through the sacrificial system for that to be right. solved. And so that kind of all, all goes together. I think you need to understand the law and the sacrificial system to understand really the the point of the of the law. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't separate the two, I, I feel like. Right, right. Compensation has to be made. Um, yeah, yeah, because the law tells me, so like if I... Uh, the law in our land tells me that if I, uh, uh, so like we see like in a construction zone, right, you'll see signs that say something like, hey, if you speed in the construction zone, fines are doubled, uh, will not exceed or whatever, $10,000 and up to seven years in jail or something like that, right? There's there's a law there that if I break, I know, though that's the penalty. Right. Uh, but according to God's law, sin equals death. So I have to die. Well, everybody's dead. Then everybody's going to die. Uh, so some, like you said, there has to be some other way. Mm-hmm. And God in his grace provided that way right. for Israel in the Old Testament right. through the sacrificial system. So let me ask you this. This is one of the things I think people, um, and, and you learn this more and more as you are a believer. Whenever we think about sin, I think most people only think about the uh actions externally that people can see that's typically what people first of all begin to think about is i don't hit people Mm -hmm. i don't physically harm people i don't cuss or say mean words to people um those kinds of things then uh, they become a believer maybe maybe or or maybe they're still um uh or maybe they're not yet but they realize then also then this goes to the mind and they say, oh, yeah, no, I can see um, how, uh, for instance, uh, having a thought of anger or hatred towards somebody can be a bad thing. And I can see that. So then it's not simply my actions, but my thoughts. Those things are bad. Those things are sinful. Um, and so what happens is, and this is, this is I think, one of the things that we, we go through as, uh, in, uh, as we're following Christ, is um, we first of all focus on the externals. Then we move into the mind where we try to get control of our mind. But quickly you realize, I can't do that either. Because as Jesus says, the root goes even deeper. And it's your heart. And you can't control your heart. Um, Your heart, as Jesus describes it in Matthew 15, is a fountain, a source of sin. And even Paul says, even for believers in Romans chapter 7, that um, sin lives in us. And he'll say, you know, I don't do the things that I wish I could do. Um, and uh, it's no longer I who do them, but sin that dwells in me. So whenever I, find, whenever I want to do good, evil lies close at hand. And so as you grow in grace, you actually realize sin isn't primarily what I do with my hands. It's not even primarily what I think with my mind. Sin has tainted the inner core of my being. 
um, to a, to a, such a degree that um, it, it it is just bursting forth. Um, listen, you can hear the wind, huh? What is that? I don't know. It's maybe the air conditioner. No, there's no air conditioner in here right now. <laughs> I'm hot. That's what. It doesn't mean it's not. It's kicking. not on. I don't hear it. I took my headphones off, so it's, it's gone now. It's gone now. It was just you talking. No, that's Scott. That's again. what it sounded like. Yeah, yeah that's what it sounded like. Dave, are you here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it's the ghost of MNBC pastors past. <laughs> and uh, so I was listening there. So there's a there's a a word that's used. Uh, I was listening to a podcast. It was, it was a comedy one, but it came up that. I wish I could remember what it was called. Uh, that every good thing somebody does is actually selfish, and you can't get away from that. There was yeah. like a word for that, and they were kind of like debating that and talking about that. Like, is there anything that you do that doesn't benefit you in some way or in some way make you look better? And it was interesting hearing them talk about that because some of them were like thinking about it. You could tell, and they were like, yeah, I guess so. You know, but others were trying to fight it. Like if I'm at the store and I just hold the door open for a lady, I didn't really think about it. I just mm. I just did it because it was good. I didn't do it for applause. I didn't do it for anything. It was just the right thing to do, you know. And so they were kind of like mm-hmm. debating that and talking right. about that a little bit. And as you grow in your faith, I think you realize that more and more. And you take like a good thing that you do and you can see the seeds, however small or however big they are, of how selfishness does reign inside of me or pride. And it just can't, I can't get rid of it. Yeah. You know, it's like even just going and visiting somebody, there is a sense of it. I'm doing this because I know they want me to. And so I want to appease them because I want them to like me. I can't get Mm -hmm. past that. Or I want to feel good about myself. Yeah, or I want to feel, yeah, you're right. I mean, it can go down all these different trails and you start to realize this about yourself. And it's not that you're just looking to say, oh, how bad I am or trying to make the world seem like a horrible place. It's like, no, it's just. That's a the fact. reality of it is we are selfish beings. Mm-hmm. We are the other one, because I just think about this a lot now because I studied it and preached a sermon on it is uh, discontentment. The sin of being discontent. You know, as Christians, we're called to be content in any situation we find ourselves in. And I've never found somebody who can do that. We, we are always discontent, you know, except for Christ. Ex- yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and so you're right. You know, you just see that. Yeah, there's certain things that I can get control of by the grace of God. Maybe it's my language. Maybe it's uh, I haven't killed anybody, you know, stealing, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, And then maybe even the mind. I think you can even grow in Mm -hmm. that to where you like, uh, I think there's sexual sin that happens in the mind. And I've seen people, I've even myself struggled with this, right? Where you're like, I hate that my mind has gone to that. But you can work on that. Like Mm -hmm. you actually can, and it can get better. Uh, It doesn't ever go away completely, but it can get better. So like you said, okay, the physical, the mind I'm getting, but man, that pride, that selfishness, that inner of who I just am, Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't do anything about that. Right. Yeah. I remember I was reading, I read a book, right. And that one of the things it said is, you know, for those kinds of things, it's what God brings us to those places, to where with Paul we say, oh, wretched man that I am, who can save me from this body of death? Mm-hmm. Because Paul is saying, I can't, I can't save myself from this body of death. And God brings us to that point 
um, in our lives so that we will see that we really need a redeemer. Yeah. We really need a redeemer, not simply somebody to coach us through life. We need but sadly, and sadly, that's what turns a lot of people, I think, away from the gospel is they don't want to think of themselves in that light of not being able to improve and to get better, yeah. you know, or saying, I need Christ to do all of that for me, and he has, and I'm right. okay with that. Right. Uh, because we want improvement, self-improvement, self-betterment. And we're not saying as Christians that the Bible doesn't teach that at all. It, it does. I mean, as when Christ saves us, he also transforms us. We are The old is gone, the new has come. You now have the Holy Spirit living in you, so you have the power to overcome sin. You have the power to uh, see the truth of God's Word, to see who you really are. And so, in fact... You actually are being better, being made better because you realize this stuff about yourself and what it does that um, I think uh, a lot of Christians got to get to this point and it takes a while in our life, but that sin clings us to the cross mm-hmm. and God uses that for our reliance on him. And I even think there's sins that we just don't get over, but, and we, we look at frustration or we think God looks at us as a failure because I haven't got over the sin, but I think... In a way, what God is doing is he's using that sin to constantly drive us to him, to rely mm-hmm. on him, to say, you you need me today. The gospel you heard 40 years ago that saved your right. life, guess what? You still need it desperately today. Here, here's I've not read this book. I bought it. But, well, that's good enough. Just put it on yourself. Yeah. You know, it's just by osmosis. You know. <laughs> it's by a uh, it's by a lady named Barbara. It's it's Ian Duguid's wife, oh, Barbara okay. Duguid. Yeah, yeah. It's called Extravagant Grace, and what it does is it goes through um, John Newton's pastoral advice. It's kind of inspired from that, and it's uh, advice to to Christians. But and she's you'd recommend it. Uh, yeah, she's dealing with this question though, which I'm is wondering, uh, like, how do you know that know that's what happens all in the book? Because I've seen, it. I've read about it. You know, I've read the, I've read looked, through, the I've, I've looked in the book. And no, but one thing she has a really this is a good question. I think this is something believers it would do. We would do well to think about. Do it, good to think about. Do good. Ha! But think about it. Why God, if He wanted to, could save us yeah. and then perfectly sanctify us. Yep. Why does He let us stay as sinners mm-hmm. in this life? And she's hopefully, she's trying to show, I think, in the book about what God is doing um, in letting us stay as sinners in this world. Because if you think about it, so some, for some reason, God is even using sin, like you said, Tim, to drive us to the cross. Um, And and that's where um, John Newton wrote that, 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 him that's become a bit more well-known recently, right? Which is, I asked the Lord that I might grow. And he's the hymn, right? I ask the Lord that I might grow in faith and love and every grace might more of his salvation know and seek more earnestly his face. And he says that he hoped that God would um, at some wonderful time just subdue all of his sins and give him rest and just make him sanctified. And he says, instead of this, he made me feel the hidden evils of my heart and let the angry powers of hell assault my soul in every part. And uh, that's the way it seems the Lord works oftentimes in my life. And I don't know, I'm sure, I think in, in Christians' lives in general, is we want to be holy, and that's a good yearning. But what God does in order to let us uh, be drawn closer to him is actually feel, as John Newton write, writes, to let us feel the hidden evils of our heart. Um, 
so that we will actually be content with the grace he's given to us um, and trust in it even more so. I just think that's a question that's worth thinking about for believers, and it would probably help with that contentment aspect of, uh, of living the Christian life in the here and now. I think it's important to make sure we tease out that what we mean by contentment is not content in your sin, right? Yes and no. I think there is an element to where I, no, not content with the fact that I sin, but also on the other hand, and my wife has had to remind this about me too, there is a sense though in which you should be content to be a sinner in the sense in which um, just own it. Well, in the sense of which Christ hasn't returned, and so right. until He does, we are. And and I'm not condoning a, sin, right? But there's a sense That's of the difference, right? It's sorry to interrupt you, but it's being content in your sin. I think I think what you just said, the way that your wife put it to you, is maybe a better way to say it: being content with the fact that you are a sinner, right? And because to say that you're content with sin. I think that can inadvertently communicate to somebody, just de- just be okay with it being there, right? Because the reality is, God is not okay with it being there, right? He like you're not going to find a place in Scripture where He does not urge you to repent, right? Right? There's the doctrine of repentance, yeah, which is essentially the doctrine of don't be content in your sin, um, but be, yeah, being content with the fact that I am a sinner in need of God's grace every single day. Mm-hmm. And I'm in need of God's power renewing me through the Holy Spirit to repent of my sin every day. Uh, I think just that it has a different tone than you're okay in your sin. It's okay. I think it's the same as the balance of guilt and shame versus freedom in Christ. Um, we shouldn't walk around constantly guilty because we're we've been saved. We're in Him. God doesn't see us that way anymore. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we know our sin has made us guilty, and mm-hmm. uh, it's because of my sin that Christ had to go to the cross, and uh, I need I keep sinning, so I keep having to go for repentance. So there is still some shame and guilt, I guess, in that. So it's that yeah. balance of... And where we wouldn't want anybody to walk around every day feeling guilty and overcome mm-hmm. by kind of and overcome and condemned, we wouldn't want that because that's clearly a lack of belief in the gospel. Right. Mm-hmm. At the same time somebody comes into church and hears a sermon that is about a specific sin or whatever they're convicted about their own sin we would also say that's a good thing yeah sometimes for you to feel guilty Mm -hmm. over that sin Mm -hmm. because you are if it's the sorrow that leads to repentance Mm -hmm. as paul would say so yeah there's this there's this delicate balance Mm -hmm. uh there where it's it's hard and i think that is uh tim you were talking about like people being tired earlier or people kind of getting exhausted or um, that came out in your sermon this past Sunday as well. I think that can be difficult for people to know where that balance is and, and, and what that is and how to live as a faithful Christian in that. Yeah, I think it depends on who you're talking to, doesn't it, the person? Yeah. Because um, it, it really you can't even really get to those talks about being content with um, where you're at right now um, until – You've you can't get to Romans seven if you haven't gotten to gotten through Romans one two and three, right about sin guilt um, our condemnation under the law, um, because the the chapter seven thing where Paul is talking about his personal struggles as a as a Christian who is um, 
still experiencing the power of sin in his life. Um, um, that is where um, Paul is, is wrestling with this reality that he's no longer doing the things that he wants to do. So as Christians, we want to do what's right. Paul says the law is good and holy. But on the other hand, we are still um, living with sin in us. And I think the, the part of the big problem with many, for many believers, I think, is they, they think we've, we've con- and this is, I think in the past, a mixture of revivalism and also um, there was a movement in the past called the Keswick movement, which was that you can live a higher Christian life. You can continually ascending the mountain upward. That's not the way the Christian life works. And um, it's not as if it's just one giant continual just going up, 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 up. Um, because Paul in First Timothy um, says, not I was the chief of sinners, but I am the chief of sinners. And I think it's encouraging for Christians to realize that the longer you're with Christ, the more you'll realize you'll be like Paul. Not I was the chief of sinners or how bad I used to be, but this is who I am, but I'm saved by Christ and his blood covers my sins. And uh, then that fuels us to want to live for him. So yeah, no matter what, you're right though, Scott, we don't want to approve. God doesn't approve of sin or um, is not the author of sin. Um, but he does allow it to stay in our lives uh, for, for his glory and for our good um, for some reason. Um, you think about the Apostle Paul's thorn in the flesh. Very well could have been a sin that he struggled with. And the Lord let it stay there. Um, just like he lets sin stay in our lives um, for some reason. Other questions down here? I'm going to run through these real quick. Uh, we answered some of it, I think. What is sin according to the Bible? I think we answered that one, hopefully. Uh, what is the true meaning of sin? Not sure what that even means. I don't know if it's thinking about a definition of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's different words used in the Bible for sin. You, yeah, that you, was another question was, uh, hold on. Yeah, like sometimes... What is another word for sin yeah, in the Bible? So there's, there's sin, iniquity, transgression. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's focusing on the idea of missing the mark, mm-hmm. um, like an arrow that misses the target. Right. So sin is that which does that. Other times, other words will focus on the twisted nature of sin mm-hmm. um, as just dirty and chaotic and um, corrupt. Um, and so you'll have you'll have various different words used to describe the same reality. Um and, and these are just questions that go along with what is sin that people seem to have been searching right, for. Right. Uh, one on here that we didn't know, what are the three types of sin? Uh, that was like yeah. the mortal, venial. That's what I was thinking. I don't know what they're third. It said, one, it, it, said it went to a passage that in First John, I think, it said something about like fleshly sin. Sins against the eyes. Sins against the eyes. Flesh, and there was something else. And then the... But then there was also... Uh, we saw like imputed sin. Uh, what were the other ones? Uh, like original depravity sin and then actual yeah, sins that, that you yeah. commit. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a question people seem to be asking. What does God think about sin? We've talked about that. What's Here's one I don't think we mentioned. What is the only unforgivable sin in the Bible? Uh, talks about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which people take and run with mm-hmm. and all types of. And if you're worried about committing the sin against the Holy Spirit, you haven't committed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
What are some everyday sins? I like that question. You do? I do like that. I think it's interesting. Okay. To share. Oh, no. I got, Finally, I, we got you excited. What are some everyday sins? Yeah, just like I think when people think of like sins, they think of big sins, mm-hmm. right? Like committing adultery or the unforgivable sin. But the reality is that there are some just very simple everyday things that are in our lives that we're content to live with, right? Mm-hmm. Or we don't think of. Such as? Lying. Okay. Like, I know some people who are chronic liars. I mean, I lie myself at times, right? I'm tempted to do that. Uh, but it's just like it seems so natural at times to lie, right? It gets you out of trouble. It gets you out of uncomfortable. It seems so utilitarian. It, it seems like you're doing something you know is wrong, but it's actually for the greater good, right? So I would just say something like that. Disobedience to parents. That's a fifth commandment breaking. Yeah, I mean, any of the Ten Commandments, um, you can you can throw in there covetousness, um, lazy, any, any of them. They all, fall, they, uh, they all fall under the Ten Commandments, right? Not loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyday sins that we probably people don't think of is that uh, where we we worship idols uh, before God. The you know the idol of uh, our occupation, money, uh, family, other relationships, where we will worship it ahead of God because we put it ahead of God as a as a priority. Those things are good things; they're not bad things, but uh, we allow them to be sin in our life because they control us. Um, laziness is one, uh, the opposite of laziness, working too much (laughs) would be another one that many people probably struggle with, uh, which is also being lazy in things that you should be working hard at. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, there's all kinds of things, which hopefully would lead people to see just the depth of our Mm -hmm. sin. Alistair Begg had a, uh, he did a, a, his truth for life podcast or that they do. I guess those are just like his regular sermons that he does over time yeah, or something. Like parts of them. But he had one uh, maybe a month or so ago or several weeks ago that was a, a series on laziness. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that one? Mm-hmm. I thought it was, there's like a little booklet. Yeah, think, crazy even. lazy. Yeah. <laughs> but that was like. Calls it the battle of the sheets. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. But that was like, that's again, like that's an everyday, an everyday thing that I think the vast majority of people struggle with. Either laziness or laziness in the things that you shouldn't be lazy in, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we think about those things. Yeah, Paul lists in Romans 1 that we're slanderers, we're gossips, we're envious, we're malicious, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Um, you just recite that to yourself. Yeah. Every day is like, this is who I am. This is who I am. <laughs> Courtney reads it to him. Uh, he's brushing his teeth. He's staring at himself in the are. mirror, brushing his teeth. Remember this. Just remember. <laughs> No, I actually have a very gospel-focused wife, and I'm very grateful for that. Okay. Well, those are just some uh, some of the questions that went along with this. Yeah. Went through them real quick. That's good. All right. Well, I think that's all we got today. Um, so that was fun, and uh, we can play the music again um, that you can that you can listen to. Actually, I'll I'll play the other one. Just Which one? Uh, this one. You know, I mean, this one's called Moving Mountains. That makes sense. That sounds like a Christian song, Moving Mountains. I don't wait here on the radio. I'm okay with this song. Yeah, it's right, I'm sorry. it's it's a it's an optimistic, inspiring rock t- rock fine. tune. It's fine. 
I mean, you know what I mean? You can see... I mean, we've gone from banjos to electric guitars. Banjos? That's usually what you play. is something like with a banjo or mandolin or something. I don't think... I play that for the reading of the Old Testament readings. I don't think I play that for us here, do I? Not no. on the actual podcast, but you're like, hey, guys, listen to oh, this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't this yeah. be cool? Banjos are awesome. My grandma used to play the banjo. Yeah? I wish... Yeah. My grandma used to play spoons, the spoons, <laughs> washboard, <laughs> the old jug, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know that stuff. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Take care. God bless.